All right. And we are officially back, episode 39 of the podcast. Here we um, go. This this is this is exactly what we needed to get back on track. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, the future is now for the Mavericks and for the Mavs podcast. I was walking uh I was walking back to my office after an appointment and I got bombed with three texts at once, starting with uh show favorite Jay Kristenick, who had in all caps emergency pod, emergency pod. <laughs> and <clears throat> I didn't I didn't know if he was just bored at work or if something had really happened. And uh, and in this and case, then, it's probably both. Yeah. It's probably both. Yeah. And, and the uh, the next two texts were simply Porzingis exclamation point. And I was just, I was just baffled. <laughs> I was just like, is, what does this mean? And, and, you know, I did, I did some due diligence at that moment on the internet and it was official. And uh, wow, this is a, this is an epic moment in Dallas Mavericks history. Yeah, that's, that really is an understatement. I mean, it's, you know, I heard somebody on the radio, the local radio earlier today say this might be the biggest trade in Mavericks history. And yeah. I was yeah. kind of like, I really couldn't think of a bigger one, really. Yeah. If you throw out the, you know, we swapped picks with Milwaukee to get Dirk on draft day, like just, just toss that one aside because no one knew what Dirk was at this point, at that point. Right, but, right. I mean, poor Zink, like I never thought with all the Dennis Smith rumors, you know, you run through so many different scenarios. You threw out a fake trade earlier this year about Jonathan John, Isaac, Jonathan yeah. Isaac, which was actually appealing. And it's like, oh, if we could turn him into Jonathan Isaac, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. And, yeah. and instead we, tr- we turn him into Chris Porzingis. Are you kidding? Yeah. I, I mean, the, what makes this so epic, it is absolutely the biggest trade in Mavs history simply because we've never brought back a superstar. We've brought back, uh, you know, Dirk and, and, and Doncic were guys that we were targeting in the draft. They weren't, they weren't established superstars. Uh, when we traded for Nash, uh, he, was, he was a bench player at the time that just had potential. Uh, when we traded for uh, – Jason Kidd, he was at, actually past his prime. So, <clears throat> you know, this was we we have never done this kind of deal and brought back the centerpiece. You know, we've we've traded away a Mark Aguirre, you know, and whatnot, but we've never brought back the centerpiece of the trade. Well, and, and we've on, traded <clears throat> away Jason Kidd. Remember, of I course, mean, really young yeah. Jason Kidd. We traded away, oh, sure, and Jamal Mashburn yeah, and Jimmy Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to bring one back and at the age of twenty-three, that's the kicker right there. He's twenty-three years old. Um, this is just. Hey, I I texted a couple friends yesterday and just said this is uh, the equivalent of the Herschel Walker trade for the Mavericks. I, I really think like this is they've never had two perennial All Stars on their team ever. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that I think people now when they look back on Dirk's career, people are pointing it out now, but. He yeah. never played with another all-star. He he played with some great players. Obviously, Steve Nash and Jason Kidd are in the Hall of Fame, but he didn't play with those guys when they were at their peak. 
Yeah. You know, and I think I think maybe he and Nash went to an All Star game together one year. But but the point is, like, just being at a kind of peak level and to, to think about Doncic and Porzingis sort of growing up together and and being just as good as they can be because both of them already have shown that, that yeah. they could. I mean, and and neither Nash and Nowitzki at this point in their careers have shown what these two. Have shown, no, you know? it, it's it's really true, and I think Rick Carlisle joked that they're a taller version of Nash and Nowitzki, which I agree with. I, I think, um, and you know that that was that's the move that uh, both Cuban and uh, Donnie Nelson have both admitted that it's it's their biggest regret not resigning Nash, and so to kind of I don't know the the, the parallel and to get this redo. And then to have this sort of lineage of European superstars, uh, really neat, really neat that, that, I mean, for all of Donnie's poor drafting, he has really come through over the last 18 months, you know? Yeah. I mean, think about where this roster was just 12 months ago. And, oh my and to God. think now, like you've got Porzingis and Doncic on your team. You, you still have Barnes, which say what you want about him, but if he's your third best player, you like him a whole lot more. And, well, and he's not going anywhere, really. I totally agree. And, and you know, you look at uh, – it's so complicated being a GM. And, and, you know, Donnie has these – not only does he have established relationships with every GM in the league, which takes a very long time – but he's been able to strategically take advantage of two of the less intelligent GMs with Atlanta and New York <laughs> and still and still maintain a friendship. I mean it's it's really like that's the best thing you could do to like cordially take advantage of somebody and set up your franchise for the future. Like it's such a stroke of genius and uh I <clears throat> I remember uh when we traded for Karan Butler and Brendan Haywood and uh that was like the big or was it Hayward? I forget. Hayward. Um, Hayward. Yeah. 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 And there was this quote from Mark Stein saying how Mark Cuban and Donnie Nelson were like in the uh the tunnel just giddy over the trade because I think we had traded uh Josh Howard and uh I don't know some some bench players. <laughs> yeah, for no, them. nothing big. They were trying to unload those contracts at that point. Yeah, and at the time it was like, wow, we just got two <laughs> starters here. This is amazing. And and it it really it, it was Building blocks for that championship team. I can't imagine how giddy they were when they hung up the phone yesterday and were like, "Holy crap, we have finally landed two stars!" Finally. Yeah, and if you think about like, three agents aren't coming here, and, and what was really encouraging about not just this, but even the Doncic move is that like they weren't hanging their hat and sitting back on. Well, if we if we keep our powder dry, if we keep our our money here and cap room and whatever, we'll go sign somebody. And they, you could tell. I mean, they've learned people aren't signing here. It's just not happening for whatever the reason is. And so to go right. and trade for a guy that you know, and again, it's like they're, they're two European guys, and and then you've got sort of the the most respected European guy maybe ever, you know, in Dirk here to to kind of you know make sure that. That they stick around. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'd I'd even uh, I think my counter to the statement you just made has been, you know, I even going back to uh, Darren Williams, uh, he was just like, well, all you have is Dirk, and what happens when Dirk leaves? And it's always been that 
who am I coming to play with? And this was the first year we finally had that guy. And so I was worried they were going to think, hold out all the free agency money and try to get like lure people to play with Luca, which isn't a bad theory. It's just you could waste several years just waiting for the next star. And, but I do think they leveraged Luca because Porzingis, well, I don't know if he'd be so excited to be here as he is now because I think it was, who said it? It might have been on the Brian Windhorst podcast yesterday that we might have the, the, the best young duo in the league right now. Yeah, when you look at duos around the league, especially when you factor in age, yeah. You know, e- even if Anthony Davis goes to the Lakers and you check sure. Davis and LeBron, I mean, LeBron has got, yeah. a, uh, you know, three, four, you know, great years left in him. Yeah. And Davis is still very young, but these guys are 19 and 23. Yeah. You know, I mean, Giannis under 25. Really yeah. Yeah. Under 25 duos. The, I mean, maybe Wiggins and Towns, they, I don't want them versus this. You know, it, there's no, there's I mean, no I think, better duo. Yeah. No, I, I don't think people are. I think Minnesota would be willing to trade Wiggins and get out of that contract if the right deal came along. They're not trading him for nothing, but I think they would dump him. Like, I don't think they value him that highly. And I don't yeah, think these two are going anywhere. Yeah, they're a mess. I don't care about Minnesota. But I think, <laughs> I think uh, there's no better duo right now. And now it's kind of like, well, okay, we, we'll still – figure out a way to add pieces because I don't know if you heard this over the wire, but we did get a uh, almost $13 million trade exception from that deal too. Oh, I I had not heard that. Yeah. So there might be a deal somewhere in there where we just take on a player with a first rounder to kind of help another team. But, um, you know, it's a chip. And then, You know, for the next 10 years, we can just add people around those two. And, I mean, and on top of it, you know, look, Kleber, Kleba, um, Dorian Finney-Smith. Yep. Uh, I mean, Harrison Barnes is solid. We, we've uh, Jalen Brunson. We've got some good developmental uh, players well, coming up. This is a guy we brought up in a couple of fake trades this year. Tim Hardaway Jr. is now on this team. Not bad. He's not, not bad. bad. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Like, and and if you think about like with those two guys, all of a sudden, what you're asking these other players to do is knock down open shots. That's you know, right. you're not you're not asking Hardaway Junior. to to create for himself and to you know be a leading scorer. Like he may be the leading scorer some nights, but it's going to be because he's just he's just hitting open looks. That's right. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, a persona to the Mavs team that uh, has gotten lost in their losing years is we've been really good at taking, uh, what what does Donnie Nelson call them, fallen angels and uh, reclamating? What is the word I'm looking for? (laughs) Their Uh, career? Yeah, yeah, reviving their career. Reviving their career. Like uh, we did it with Van Exel. We did it with Vince Carter. We did it with um, Raymond Felton even. And so I could see even a Courtney Lee having a really, you know, maybe he develops and has a has a solid role as a sixth, seventh, eighth man. I don't know. But uh, Hardaway Jr., I think he's going to be good for us. You know, it's a high contract, but small price to pay for an all-star. And, 
two years of just, you know, if he's doing like 15 and, and five a game, I mean, it's better than Powell, right? I mean, he, he's got a little edge to him. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, really, you compare him to Wesley Matthews. Like, would you rather have Tim Hardaway Jr. or Wesley Matthews? And really, at this point, you, you probably want Hardaway Jr. You don't want either contract, but yeah. you'll take, you take the younger guy who, who's a little bit more of a versatile scorer than yeah. Matthews. No, in a second. I think it's pretty exciting. And so uh, I did have one point that I have not heard on any podcast to date that um, that I'd like to make on this podcast. Okay. Yeah. I think with this trade, the Mavs have officially saved the NBA. <laughs> okay. Uh, save, save the NBA from what? Save the NBA from these... You know, Golden State's run ends this year. They they have basically, uh, if it even ends, uh, if it even uh, if they even win it this year, you know, I think they all but ensured Kevin Durant to leave the Warriors, and with that, they um, with that they can, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. And with that, you know, you look around the league. Let's say, you know, the big rumor is is Kyrie and Durant to the Knicks, right? Then and then let's even say LeBron and AD go to the Lakers, and then you've got Golden State back to where they were before Durant, and then you've got uh, Porzingis and Luca in Dallas, and then you know you've got Giannis and whoever Giannis and whoever in uh, Milwaukee. Like you're back to just duos. You know, and how exciting is the league going to be not knowing who is going to win it, you know? Yeah, I would agree with that. It's that a it? complete game changer. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, in my opinion, Kevin Durant has a loser mentality, and it's going to be it's gonna be awesome to see him just flame out and freak out in New York. Like, I can't wait for it, you know? But... It's going to happen now. I, I'm pretty sure Durant's going. I don't know about Kyrie, but it, it, it's just great. We have balance again, and it's truly exciting. You could watch the standings. Like you could, you could really. The playoffs are going to be riveting. This is what the fans need. It, as much as the whole trade demand by AD and all that is is disappointing in terms of players imposing themselves two years before their contracts up. Uh, I don't know. It's just so much harder now to get three stars that I I think this, this can create much more balance. Yeah, I would agree. I think you, you're not going to see, well, really what you're seeing is if you're going to get three stars anywhere now, Dallas almost represents the best chance of making that happen. Yeah. Because maybe somebody will take a discount to come here and play with those two guys, you know, and, and not next year or the year after, you know, it's not something where we're talking about that because we're going to be locked into these contracts with Barnes and Lee and, and Hardaway for the next couple of years. And certainly at that point, you've got to pay Doncic and Porzingis, right? So those guys are going to get the lion's share of the money. But, but I think in a couple of years, you could be in a situation where, you know, why wouldn't we get somebody like a DeMarcus Cousins in his situation this year? You know, like, why wouldn't that be the guy who's like, I'm, I'm just going to come here and it's, it's kind of easy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
No, I I agree. I, I I don't know if I want to Marcus Cousins, but I, I see well, your that point. Was just a, yeah, yeah, that situation that just played out for the Warriors, whoever that is in a few years, where it's kind of the very good player who, for whatever reason, is not getting picked up elsewhere. That yeah. that may be something where Dallas is all of a sudden an option. Yeah, uh, just, and just and you know, I just. I don't even think we need a third superstar. We don't need a third all-star. Like, and that's, that's the thing. Like if, if we could just, we're already good at player development. If we just keep, you know, developing the roster, uh, we can become a dominant team with just those two all-stars. But, but, you know, back to your point, you're right. I, I feel like they're taking the Rams approach with things where it's like, well, we got Luca on a rookie contract. Let's let's go get our stars now, and then we'll have their bird rights, and we roll. You know, yeah. And uh, it's a much more likable team because it's not like LeBron or KD just hopping on a bandwagon and looking for an easy street. I mean, these two have won nothing together, but you see their potential, and and you want to grow as a fan with them. So it's a uh, very exciting. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's really it's. It's still just baffling. I mean, that we, we got that. I mean, the Knicks, how they couldn't find a better deal for Przingis. Yeah. I mean, that's just amazing. I mean, they're going to come away with this with Dennis Smith Jr., who they could have drafted a year ago. Uh, they've got cap space. Obviously, I mean something like yeah. seventy-four million dollars in cap space. That was now, the main motivator: the cap space yeah. and two first-rounders. You know. But the two first rounders, I mean, if, and you know, there was some concern I think about the Mavs giving up two first rounders, and obviously they gave up the first rounder for for Luca last year. But I mean, honestly, if this plays out the way we think it will, those are what going to be a few picks in the tw- a couple picks in the twenties. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so who cares? Yeah, you know? right. I, no, yeah. I think that's how they viewed it. Honestly, yeah. I think that's how they viewed it, and I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just sets them up for the next decade, which they've never been in this prime position before with such a solid infrastructure around them. I guess one could argue when they had the three J's, there was some potential there, but it, the the infrastructure around them wasn't where it is now with, with ownership and coaching, you know? Yeah, the franchise was a mess at that point, and obviously that fell apart pretty quickly. I mean, what do we have? I think we had Quinn Buckner trying to run the triangle with those three. Is that right? Oh, man. <laughs> it yeah. was something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's really uh, embarrassing. <laughs> but but then, you know, and I think I think maybe, you know, you could say that about when when Nash and Nowitzki got here, but, but Cuban was a pretty new owner at that point. And yeah. certainly didn't know everything, you know, he knows now. Yeah, and Don Nelson was kind of a wild card coach. So yeah, there was yeah. plenty to not be stable, of course. So yeah, I mean now, I mean the really the big question. I mean, I guess there was one report yesterday that he's just going to find the qualifying offer and then become a free agent in 2020. But then that was kind of refuted. I, I would imagine he's a restricted free agent at the end of this season, much like when Nerland Noel came here a couple of years ago. And I I think, you know, the Mavericks in this case will probably try to max him out rather than lowball him. And then it's just a matter of Porzingis wants to, wants to do that or just play, but either way, he's going to be here for 
next season, like 100%. Well, no, and, and it's I, a matter I, of beyond that. I think uh, two more points. The next, I, I think he totally signs the max. And I was listening to uh, Zach Lowe's podcast with Dirk um, earlier today, and Dirk was saying how there was like buzz in the morning of the Knicks game that that they might get, or the the morning after the Knicks game that they might get Porzingis, and he was just like, "Yeah, whatever, that's impossible," you know. And Donnie Nelson was in New York for that Knicks game. Uh, apparently Dirk was saying that this had been in the works for a while now. So the whole line by Steve Mills that like Porzingis demanded a trade and like he didn't want to be here. Granted, I do think he didn't want to be there. Um, but I think it's all for show for Steve Mills. I, I really do. I think, uh, I think this was in the works for a while because they leaked that, they leaked that, uh, report that he wanted out and they literally traded him two hours later. And these kind of trades just don't come together that quickly, you know? And so I think they wanted the cap space bad because they knew Durant was coming. Um, and then once they had Perzingis saying, yeah, I want out for sure, they just kind of pulled the trigger on it. But yeah. um, it was pretty much confirmed by Dirk that it had been in the works. Okay. And so, and then the other thing I feel is that I think the reason Porzingis wanted out amongst a multitude of dysfunctions there, right. I, think they, I think he wanted to play and I think they wanted him to, to sit the rest of the year and they want to tank and he wanted to play. And so I know Cuban has said he's likely out for the rest of the year. Uh, I saw that on the ticker earlier right. when I was watching a game. But um, I have a I have a strong feeling that he's coming back this year, and um, it might really help the, the Mavs make a playoff push if if possible. So we'll see. Well, it's but, been twelve um, months. I, I heard something earlier. It was like February sixth of last year when he tore his ACL, yeah. and guys are coming back from torn ACLs. And granted, not guys who are seven three, but you know, guys are coming back after like six months nowadays for yeah. for an ACL tear. So. Yeah, I mean, clearly there was something else going on there. Well, um, and there was also an incident where um, I think Fisdale came out like a month ago and was just like, "Oh yeah, Porzingis is nowhere near running, and he's nowhere near ready to come out, come back." And then, like an hour later, he posted on his Instagram a video of him sprinting and like dunking a basketball. <laughs> so <laughs> it's there's been some conflict there where like the Knicks have been playing this week. PR campaign, and then uh, I think he's just been on the sidelines. He's like wanting to be more incorporated, but he's obviously going to help them win games, you know? Right, right, right. And so, uh, with all that said, I think uh, I think the Mavs are trying to temper expectations, you know, talk it down, and and they're going to evaluate everything with Casey Smith. They're going to, you know get him training, get him playing, see where he's at. But I could see him, let's see, how many games have we played? We're like 22 and 27, something like that. So we've got we, about. Uh, no, it's something like 23 and 28. We've got like 31 games left. 31 games left. I'm just, I'm betting that we're going to see him this year. That, that's yeah. all I'm betting on. Like yeah. uh, it, it might be the last 10 games, might be the last 20 games. I don't know. Might be the last two games, but um 
I think we're going to see him, and that's going to be really exciting. So. Yeah, that would be amazing if he came out. I, I think it's going to come down to how they do these next couple of weeks and see if, you know, if they could stay within striking distance of that eighth spot. And that really comes down to, you know, to your – you actually predicted this earlier. The Clippers are slowly sinking out of the playoff race. They're down yeah. to the eighth <laughs> spot now. That's right. Um, <laughs> at one time they were at top of the Western Conference. But yeah. um, as they sink down, you know, in ninth is – the Lakers and LeBron just came back last night. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see, I mean, what happens there, but I think, you know, how they sit in the playoff standings is going to affect that too, because if they don't sure. think it's necessarily worth, you know, having him come back, then, then maybe that'll be a factor, but they also just may want to get him fired up about playing with Luca. And if they right. get out there and are just kind of rolling, I mean, that's right the whole league would be fired up about that. Well, and, and, you know, uh, I, you know, I keep up with all things Mavericks and there's plenty of outlets and, and writers that have been clamoring for a starting lineup change change. And, you know, the part that they did not understand is that they had to keep Wesley Matthews as a starter to, to showcase them. Essentially they had to keep DSJ as a starter to showcase them. They had to keep Deandre as a starter to showcase them. Now those guys are gone, and you know, Kaliba has been awesome. You know, he yeah, he's, he's been amazing. Him, Brunson, and Dorian Finney-Smith are going to play so much more, yeah. and uh, Luca plays so much better with those guys. So, yeah. adding Tim Hardaway Jr., adding uh, Courtney, Courtney Lee, I think is good on defense. So. I don't know. I, I think well, Trey, Trey Burke also came over in that trade, and that's not a bad. I mean, I I like Jalen Brunson a little better, but Trey Burke's not bad. I don't know, man. I've never seen him do anything, but I'm I'm gonna go with what I'm gonna go with what you said. I've literally like he he's flamed out at a couple locations, um, but you know he maybe he's our reclamation project right so well he's a he's a free agent at the end of this season so he's someone that you know he might play however much he plays the rest of the year he's probably walking cuz i think they like brunson you know? oh for sure yeah brunson's the guy so so he's probably got you know uh, whatever 30 games in a mavericks uniform and then moving on but yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, the big one, you know, now the big question in the off season on top of Porzingis would be, Jenny Smith and Kleba are both free after the season. Yeah, I think uh, we do have their bird rights though, so if we could just re-sign them to decent contracts, uh, I could see Finney Smith though getting a big deal from somebody, you know? Yeah, yeah, as like a three and D guy. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. really good. Yeah, so that would that. that would suck. Um, but we should be able to keep Kleba, and he'll be, you know, I mean, think about next year, your, your opening day starting lineup, Kleba, Porzingis, Doncic, uh, Barnes, I mean, and Hardaway. Barnes and Hardaway Jr., yeah. 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 That's, and that's then, not a bad five. <laughs> no, and you still got J.J. and Devin off the bench, right? Well, J.J., I mean, he's going to be maybe maybe end of next season he'd be back. Oh, really? It's that bad? Well, any Achilles injury, it's usually 12 months. Yeah, 12 months. Okay. I, well, we lost him in December, right? Wesley Matthews came back early, and that did not work out. Oh, man. 
Those are the days, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, one more Mavs note, non-Porzingis related. Uh, I don't know if you saw the story where Adam Silver announced today that uh, Dirk is going to be named to the All-Star team as well as Dwayne Wade. Yeah. As, honor- like, honorary All-Stars. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. So, I really... I'm really hoping he wins a three-point contest. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, that, that I think it's it's just been fun to see him when he goes to these other arenas because I think for so long, as Dallas fans, I never thought Dirk got the respect nationally or around the league that that maybe he should have. So it's really cool now to see as he's entering these games or at the end of these games, these crowds are just going nuts for him and yeah, really, really saluting him. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's, you know, he actually had a pretty good game in New York the other night, uh, his best game of the season. But it, it'll be fun all-star weekend to see him out there. He's, he's the honorary coach of the International Rising Stars and yeah. in the three-point contest. And then he'll be part of the all-star team as well. So that'll be – that should be a fun weekend. Yeah, and we'll get to see uh, DSJ in a Knicks jersey in the dunk contest. That'll be funny. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Forgot so, about that. Jeez. So yeah. yeah. The, uh, it'll be good. Yeah, it'll give us a reason to watch uh, All-Star Saturday. That's for sure. Cause that's, yeah, Doncic is, I think, in the skills, skills. competition, too. Yep. Yeah. So that'll be yeah. also a fun one. No, I think this is a epic day for the Mavs. And, uh, yeah, we'll see where this goes. Uh, how does the week look for the Mavs? Uh, did you check the schedule at all? <laughs> Tomorrow they are. So they just, they were in, in Detroit. Yeah, they, they were in Detroit last night and uh, shorthanded, obviously. And then uh, tomorrow they are in Cleveland. Yep. Um, again, shorthanded. So the guys they just got in the trade will not oh, really? be playing tomorrow night. Yeah, that's what hmm. I heard Rick Carlisle in an interview earlier saying that they won't be available. So we should see the debut of those guys on Wednesday at home when the Hornets come to Dallas. Nice. So that sounds great. Mavericks a couple of days to practice, uh, and then they'll host the Hornets on Wednesday. So Okay. And then we got yeah. Milwaukee on Friday and Portland on Sunday. Yeah, so... so. Couple, hopefully, hopefully a couple wins here in their next couple of games, and then some real tests against Milwaukee and Portland. Yeah, well, I guess we will uh, maybe try to record another one after that Hornets debut of Tim yeah. Hardaway Jr. <laughs> yeah, we'll evaluate how these new these new New York Knicks that are now Mavericks are doing uh, for the Mavs, or at least a new starting lineup, right? <laughs> right, a whole new starting lineup, which will be there. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, so if you do want to reach us, we are at, is it at the Mavs Podcast or at yes. Mavs Podcast? At, at Mavs Podcast. At Mavs Podcast and, and Mavs Podcast. Now I think it's the Mavs Podcast. <laughs> it's at the Mavs Podcast, you're right. Yeah, yeah and then it's Mavs Podcast at Gmail. Right? Yeah, that's right. that's right. There it is, fans. Send in all your fan mail. <laughs> We are the Mavs are back, and so is the Mavs podcast. <laughs> I'm Al at home, and you're Matt at home, and we are signing off. All right, go Mavs! All right, till next time. <laughs>